Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family owned and operated, a no pressure, laid back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of the Believe and Hit That Line Podcast Network. With us on the line is the voice of the Arkansas Razorback, Chuck Barrett. A former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. We have from ESPN's Around the Horn, Highly Questionable. Also a two-time Dan Levitard Show Suey winner and the <laughs> former heptathlete at Cornell, Sarah Spain. And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate. Mr. Phil Elson, the voice of Razorback Baseball and the Ladybacks. Razorback Nation, welcome into episode number 187 of the one and only Hog Talk Podcast, live from the Heinemann Services Studios. I am your host, Kyle Sutherland, alongside Porter Hayes, and we appreciate you beginning your week with us. Guys, if you haven't already, please be sure to hit that subscribe button on whatever forum you're listening. That way, you're always notified when we release an episode. If you can help get our name out there by giving us a five-star rating and a written review, that would also help us as well. Got another loaded show for you. Going to talk about some transfers that the Razorbacks got on uh, the football front this Sunday with uh, two guys on the defensive line bringing them in. Also a softball and baseball report, of course. And then in the last segment, I'm going to talk with hockey coach Keller Sims. Talked about their phenomenal season that ended last week in the national championship game. And as always, we are brought to you by Bet Online. The NBA, NHL, and MLB are rolling. And Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. Plus, the best part, it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Porter, hope your weekend was as good as mine. I know it definitely turned around after the rain was coming through pretty much all day Friday. Saturday, it cleared up a little bit, mostly cloudy. But then at the, by the end of the day, we had some sunshine down here, and Sunday was just absolutely beautiful. I know you took advantage of it and went on a hike. I took advantage of it too and spent some time outdoors, but uh, definitely a, a really, really good day across the state, I think, weather-wise. Yeah, I'm very blessed to live in Ozark, and we got so many hiking trails. And me and the wife and kids, we just decided to pick a spot, take the kids out, and even took the dog and about a three-mile hike up there and back and stopped at the work General Store and had a burger. I mean, if you ain't heard of that place around this area, you need to go there and, and eat your burger there. But, yeah, I went to the softball game on Saturday, watched to about the fifth inning. It was overcast and raining, and it tried to get a little – sunny but once i got back down to the house and back down to ozark it it's starting to light up a little bit but man you couldn't ask for a better day today yeah it was a beautiful sunday i i know that we're getting to that point where in the next month or so it's well maybe about the next month and a half two months it's gonna really get uh for some people at least for me unbearable to hike i don't know about you but if it's really hot i just can't do it at least not hiking up mountains it's one thing if you're going down trails or something like that but but it's definitely, uh, you know, it depends on, I don't know, maybe I just need to get in a little bit better shape. I'm probably just using excuses there. But speaking of springtime, oh, guys, and then, you go got ahead. them, uh, the gnats that get at you and the daggum horse flies, man. It's, you get around the creeks and around the river valley where I live, and 
Man, them things can eat you alive and make a good night turn bad quick. Oh, the mosquito, it's it's really oh, bad yeah. out here because, see, I literally live in the woods. Like, not, I mean, I'm right off the highway, but pretty much it's in the woods out on 13 acres. And I swear, I, I can't even keep up with the amount. Now that the weather's warming up and there's, there's more bugs and everything, I can't even keep count with the amount of uh, bugs that I have to kill, particularly beetles in the house all the time. And uh, I've had a problem with some wasps as well. They had to take care of, uh, luckily some, some spray, just, just some fairly cheap spray, 10, $15 will take care of that from Walmart. But nonetheless, you know, it is, uh, it is one of my favorite times of year. I would say fall during football season and bonfires would probably be at the top of my list, but, but spring is definitely a close second. You guys, I want to tell you about our friends at monster bass. They have all the best new baits from the industry's top brands at affordable prices delivered to your door each month, and they handpick the best baits based on where you live and fish, along with providing the top-level customer service you deserve. So head over to MonsterBass.com and use code HOG10, H-A-W-G-10, to get $10 off your first box. That's MonsterBass.com, promo code HOG10. So some news from the transfer portal. Porter, we lost Enoch Jackson, defensive tackle, to the portal earlier this week, we gained two more in uh, that uh, in that same portal. Obviously, the same portal, but on, on defensive line, uh, two guys: Markwell, uh, Markel Utzi, 6'4", 295 pounds from Mizzou, who is actually from Little Rock, went to Parkview, and John Ridgeway out of Illinois State, six six three twenty five. Uh, this guy's just an absolute tank. Illinois State was one of the top. Now, there wasn't a whole lot of FCS ball played uh, this year. Well, some, I know they played during the spring right now. I think that season's actually still going on. The coverage hasn't really been too good on that. But in the four games that he played, I believe, which was during the fall, he had 22 tackles, three for loss, and an interception. And so I look at these two guys, and I look at Xavier Kelly, Pretty similar in stature. Now, I don't know about like their play and stuff because I haven't seen film over either one of these guys that we brought in, but it seems that Ridgeway in particular is a guy that a lot of schools were really wanting. He had Michigan, Penn State, Texas, a lot of the big blue blood schools on his list and ultimately chose Arkansas. And right there, Porter, you look at those two guys, and if they can really get this job done, particularly Ridgeway, who has that high ceiling that a lot of people feel that, they, that he does – uh, you got to feel really good if you once you get the pass rush going. Hopefully, you can get that going and quick. You feel pretty good about what you got in the middle. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing we talked about coming in the spring is you know trying to get the the pass rush with the four down linemen, and if they were able to do that, when you lose Enoch and other guys, you know Kelly, but you know Kelly wanted to come back home closer. He's from Kansas, and a lot of hype you know got around him because he was coming from Clemson into Arkansas. So, I mean, it's almost like the Chad Morris effect that you get the Clemson name on you and they'd automatically thought that, you know, he was just going to produce when he really didn't get that much playing time at, at Clemson. He was just a every now and third down guy, but these two coming in, you know, Pittman was high on the kid out of Illinois state. I know a lot of others were too. And the size, I mean, the size of these guys that are coming in is what Pittman's wanting to get. He's wanting to get these big guys, an SEC size line, and I'm really happy to see what happens. Especially, you know, they started. You know, they know what's going on, and they know what to accept or expect out of Pittman. I, I've been talking about it the last couple of shows that the biggest concern that 
is for me is the pass rusher lack thereof. We just didn't really have a lot of it last year. There's so many guys that are so talented on this roster, but it just can we get it together? That's the big question. And and whether we get that pass rush or not is really going to depend on the overall production of this defense, I think. I don't think that we're going to get the best out the defensive backs who are extremely talented or at least the, the first two linebackers that we use in Grant Morgan and Bumper Pool. I don't know that we can get their full capabilities to lead this defense and do great things that we saw, particularly in the first half of the season, without that pass rush. You just can't do it. And we go back to the 2014 season, one of the biggest reasons why we played the best defense that we've played probably, I would say, maybe since the final year, like the year before Houston Nutt had left in 2006. That 2014 defense was the best that we had seen since that time. And we really haven't even gotten – we've had some – some times where we've played really well, particularly, like I said, like the first game of the, of the or first half of the season last year. But if they don't really get that thing going, they they really need to get guy. You know, Mateo Soli. I know that he's only had or really maybe seventy five percent of his career has actually been played in a club with, on his hand, and so he hasn't really gotten the to be hundred percent and play the full effect. And Eric Gregory, a guy that you got a lot of a lot of hope for Zach Williams. There is a lot of young talent on this roster that I think can get the job done, but it's really just going to come down to that because, you know, again, at the end of the day, you've got to get pressure on the quarterback and you've got to get penetration in the backfield. Yeah, and we, we've seen the, the effects of that later on in the season when you're playing against the tougher part of your schedule and you're not getting any pressure. You let Matt Jones and all these other quarterbacks then that and the SEC sit there and you make them look like they're Heisman Trophy contenders. I mean, they just sit back and pick your zone apart. And you didn't have the defense, the talent, to sit there and, and, and cover a whole zone. So it doesn't matter what you – you could have an All-American safety defense. And if you're not getting any pressure and then quarterbacks, like I said, especially the talent you got in the SEC with the receivers and the tight ends, they're going to pick you apart. And, and they're going to make your – safeties look like all Americans because they're going to be ones to get all the tackles and not the linebackers or the defensive linemen. Yeah. And so I, I think that I believe these two guys were their fourth and fifth transfers that we brought in. Of course, there's Cade Renfro and then uh, the defensive back from Michigan. And then there's one more that's, that's slipping my mind. But I think that just like coach Muss, we've talked about him, what he's able to do in the transfer portal. I think that Sam Pittman's gotten a lot of solid names too. And so that remains to be seen. They're not really going to see much out of these guys until we get to fall camp or really even until we get into the games. And so, But that's the news out of the transfer portal this week. Going to the softball front, Porter, as we are recording, of course, softball still has one game to play in their final home series of the year with Mizzou. But they're trying to avoid getting swept after dropping Saturday's game 6-3 to and then getting very humbled Sunday falling 10-1. to That was a, uh, a really brutal one. I actually watched that one from beginning to end. And they're in a tough spot, really, for the first time this year. I know that they've lost a series to Alabama, but this is just a day that they did not look very comfortable. A couple of days they haven't looked very comfortable. Mary Half has had some route up outings lately, and Autumn Storms was unavailable due to an undisclosed injury that we really don't know the full specifics on right now. And probably the most alarming out of all this is being one of the better offensive teams in the country. You only went four for 45 in the first two games at the plate. And so nothing just seemed to work. And you have to hope that this is just one of those moments, one of those weekends where things did not work out for you. And then they can rebound in the final series of the regular season next week against LSU and Baton Rouge. Yeah. And, and unlike the Alabama series, they were in every single game. And even the game, the 6-3 game, I mean, if you look at the hit differential, I mean, that game could have been another 10-11-1 game or 11-3 game because Missouri just 
you know, I don't know if it was half was having problems or Missouri's just bats were on fire. I mean, they were placing the ball, getting gaps, and in today's game, you got the big grand slam. I think it was just Missouri's weekend, and they can salvage it. They win tomorrow. They're still tied for first with uh, Florida with four conference losses. Um, Florida's sitting at 14-4, and four, and Arkansas sitting at 16-4. and four. So I don't know necessarily how they determine the percentage on who who's first or whatever, but when you go loss, they're, they're tied sitting there at the top. But, man – this is a team they've swept four or five series. They've won. They won't. This is their second series loss all season. You know, it's going to happen, especially in the SEC. Um, it was senior night or senior day. Then also with the Braxton Burnside playing against her ex team in Missouri. I mean, there's these chips on their shoulders where, you know, she comes to play for Arkansas and the nerves might have set in, but. You know, Storms being with her injury and nursing that injury, that that was a huge blow because, you know, what we're used to is, you know, if half was having a bad day, Storms could come in. But then also, Bloom feeds off that. And when Bloom comes in and she's starting to do well, I mean, I think that just the domino effect really hurt the pitching staff. And, you know, with pitching, if you leave them up or you're in the zone right down the pipe, I mean, they're going to blast on you. Yeah, definitely. And I was going to ask you about Mary. So we don't really know the specifics on Autumn Storms right now, so we don't want to speculate too much on that. There's there's rumors of, of this or that, you know, that's going on, but nothing has been confirmed by her. Nothing has been confirmed from the softball team, so we're just going to leave it at the undisclosed injury. But Mary Half, you know, what do you think may be going on with her? She's had, like I mentioned, a couple of rough outings. She really hasn't been herself. You think that she's just maybe hitting like a late-season slump or or just, you know, what do you, what do you think could be there? Yeah, I mean, and they, they she could be tired. I mean, they've played a lot of games this season, and she's been expected to come in. and And we were we got to remember in softball, it's different than baseball. You know, these softball pitchers are they're expected to come in. They can pitch more innings and more games than a, a baseball guy. You know, you see your Friday night starter, and that's all you're going to see of it. I mean, there's chances where Mary Half could come in. You look at that series down in Texas where she threw 72 innings. I mean, you, you never know what's going to happen when your other pitcher falls in. And they really relied on her at the beginning of the year. And I don't know if she's just gotten tired, wore down, or, or something. You know, finals is going on. I mean, there's so much stuff you can look at. But this goes back beyond the Missouri series because they really struggled against UCA. And if it wasn't for that, you know, the walk-off home run by Burnside, they could have very well lost that one too. So, I, man, it, it, it just it sucks because they've had such a successful season and they still are going to have one. And I would just hate for something like this to really lose the luster and people was already getting on them and they're like the basketball team. I mean, I just get over it. I mean, this is a team that was 2-46 and 46 in a two-year span and they're sitting at the top of the SEC. You're going to lose series. I mean, Arkansas baseball team got beat 16 to one by Alabama, and then come back and won. So they they got time to regroup, get their heads together. I mean, you know, Coach Dyfel and the post game, you know, she was frustrated, and she wants these girls to get back on track. And they got one more series to prove it, and then it's tournament time. Yeah, and LSU is not going to get any easier. Still a top 20 team. They're 28 and 15 on the year. Just came off a series win over the Kentucky Wildcats with a 10 and eight. 
SEC record. So it should help the Ladybacks that they don't have a game this week get some rest in there, kind of get regroup, just get things figured out. That's really what you got to do. Like you said, Porter, it's just it's baseball, it's softball. It doesn't matter what you're going to have those weekends. It doesn't matter how good you are. And just like you saw a couple of weeks ago, particularly with with Georgia and Vanderbilt, I'll say that right there. You know, Georgia really had no business beating them, but they came out and it was just their weekend, and that's kind of how it was. And and not saying Missouri is not a good team. They're they're top twenty team, like we talked about. The softball has to the softball team has to finish out the season with two uh, series that, that are top 20 matchups. And so it's not going to get any easier, and then it's certainly not going to get any easier when you get into the SEC tournament, particularly if you see Florida, who some would say right now might just be the best team in the SEC. I know that some would argue that. And so we'll talk more about well, uh, before, that. Before we go on, if, if Arkansas loses the game tomorrow, they're going to be in a tie for second with Missouri because you know Missouri's got five losses. So tomorrow's game is going to be huge. Yeah, definitely. And so – uh, and that's like I said too. I mean, I, I think uh, I, I like the fact that they don't play any game this week because that does them some time to rest. But they also get another Saturday, Sunday, and Monday matchup uh, in the series with LSU next week. So that's what they'll finish off as they get into the SEC tournament. And so we're up against a break. When we return, we will talk some baseball with the coach, the baseball guru, Coach Kevin Bohannon. Stay with us. You're listening to the Hog Talk podcast. Are you one of the millions of Americans who suffers from anxiety, feelings of worry, or just dread beginning a new week? Sunday Scaries products are here to help you stay chill and mellow. Visit sundayscaries.com to check out the vitamin-boosted gummies, hemp oils, and much more. There is no risk to buy, and the company offers a 100% lifetime money-back guarantee, meaning if the product is not for you, you'll get your money back. Again, it's sundayscaries.com, and use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for 25% off, sundayscaries.com promo code believe b-l-e-a-v make your outdoor experiences even better with canon sunglasses their japanese optics make their lenses clearer lighter and stronger plus the italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch use the exclusive code canoncast15 at canon.com to receive 15 percent off of your first pair that's k-a-e-o-n-c-a-s-t-1-5 canon Clearly better. We're back on the Hog Talk podcast. Kyle Sutherland, Porter Hayes with you, and we're now joined by the baseball guru himself, Kevin Bohannon. Cabo, first off, got to wish you a happy belated birthday. I know you had a big one earlier this week, the big 4-0. How does it feel to really officially be old now? No different. No different whatsoever, guys, and I greatly appreciate it. We um, went out to my parents yesterday, and they did the – uh, oh lordy lordy kevin's 40 deal and had had a really good time wife surprised me of course she gave me a few things on wednesday which was my actual birthday but really surprised me yesterday got me a really nice uh book with a lot of baseball history and then got us a weekend trip to go see the cardinals and the cubs here in about four weeks so really good birthday got to see you know talk to some friends you know a lot of my friends you guys are, you know, out of central Arkansas, so I really can't get everybody together. That was a really good birthday. Really excited. Ask a really good friend of mine, Andy Bernard, who coaches the prospects with me. I said, do people really start taking you seriously at 40? And he was like, no, man, the, the age is 50. So when you get there, they'll start taking you seriously. <laughs> so uh, it was a good week. Had a lot of good time. And, of course, a Razorback Series win on the road, top 10 team, made it even sweeter. 
Yeah, I'm about to say, I, I definitely, I think I mentioned this in our group text. I'm going to have to definitely uh, give you plenty. If you don't have enough, I might have to get you some Cardinals gear because we, we can't be having you strolling around with any Cubs blue and red on. Yeah, that, that that's not going to happen. I can promise you that. Anybody that knows me and saw me for a while is, I was a really big Astros fan up until everything went down. Unfortunately, they, they chose the road less traveled. That Nobody needs to travel with cheating in baseball, but yeah, it's it's going to be good. Cardinals are on the you know eleven and ten right now in the year. Nolan Arenado, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch those guys. Well, like you said, Arkansas won another series. They're sixth straight of the year. They haven't lost a series in non-con or in the SEC, but they've won six straight SEC series. The only team yet to lose. They beat South Carolina over the weekend. They once again played a doubleheader for the third consecutive weekend. And uh, you know, Kevin, with what they were able to do. Just we, we had a lot of questions pitching wise, and there was some struggles, just like you're going to have. I mean, that's just the way that it is. But I think this was one of the weekends, uh, which we had a lot. We had one last weekend too that was pretty good. But I think Wiki has really just solidified himself. We kept talking about how Dave Van Horn seems like he wants him so bad in that Friday spot, and I think he's proven that he deserves it there. He could maybe be our ace as we move into the towards the end of the season, end of the postseason. He's just been really lights out other than when he when he played against or when he pitched against Ole Miss. Peyton Paulette was fantastic. You're really kind of questionable there about that Sunday spot. You'll probably have Lockhart back there. I would imagine that they're not going to pull the leash just yet, considering with how much patience they've had with him this year. But you know, he's got to get he's got to stay there at least till that fifth inning. It seems like it's like by the fourth that he's been out. And so how are you feeling about the pitching right now? Mainly we'll get into the relief later, which cops was money as well, but overall the starting pitching, how did you feel about it? Man, it was a lot better. Peyton Paulette followed up a phenomenal outing against Texas A&M with another startling performance. He didn't get the win. Uh, bullpen let him down on that, but Patrick Wicklander just keeps getting better every time out. Sands the old Miss start. Like you said, you know, he didn't walk anybody. And I'm looking up and it's the seventh inning and he's only at 68 pitches. He worked, he had the most efficient game he's had in a Razorback uniform. Didn't strike out a whole lot. I think he struck out five on the night, but it was the zero walks that was really big. So if you can get six, seven innings out of him, you got a really strong bullpen. Like you said, with Kevin Cobb's doing what he does, this is going to be a hard team to beat. I mean, you, you've seen, and I hate comparing us to Vanderbilt, but everybody's going to because they're the top two teams in the nation right now. What do Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker do every weekend? Well, they played Mississippi State this weekend, lost, and I'm not sure what they did today. I haven't been able to look. They but. won eight to. They were they were up. Mississippi State was up four to nothing, and then Vandy won seven to four. So the Vandy won okay. the series. The Vandy won the series two to one. That I mean that gives us a two two game lead at least in the West with the tiebreaker, but. That was our question mark. What is the starting pitching going to do? Are we going to be able to shore it up by the time the, the real games get here? So I keep waiting for this team to fail. And I hate saying that because knowing these kids and been around a lot of these kids, but it's kind of like the basketball team. They get on a roll, they get going, and you're like, oh, well, surely they'll slip up. But their, their slip-ups are one game or a three-hour period right now. And then they get right back on the horse. They could have easily folded at South Carolina. Guys, honestly, I thought we'd lose this series. I thought it was time. We were kind of kind of beat up a little bit, tired. I just thought this was going to be the one to drop because they haven't South Carolina had not lost a series at home. They were nine and one in games two of three of SEC series. 
uh, now they're, you know, 10 and two or whatever. So we did a really good job bounce back after losing the first game of the doubleheader on Friday, got the weekend off, got a little bit of a layoff now going down to LSU who had a big weekend taking care of Ole Miss two games to one. So really proud of those guys, Peyton Paulette, Sterling performance, Wicklander. And I agree with you, Kyle, Mark Hart's got to figure it out. It might be by committee, you know, Caleb Bolden did a really good job filling in on the Thursday spot through strikes. His below was right where we needed to be. I told you guys in the group chat that we'll know early on. If he's 91 to 93, keeps the ball down, we got a chance. We had a chance. We won. Uh, we had two, two two-hitters this weekend. That's really good, man. On the road at a top-10 team, that, that's, that's showing you're the number one team in the nation. And Kevin, I wanted to ask you, you know, being a number one team in the nation, you've already got a huge target on your back and you're going on the road and you're expected to win your double header, you know, or win in a double header clinch the series. Just how hard is that in the SEC, especially when you drop that game one of the double header, you're not going back the next day. You're going in an hour. So yeah. what does that say about this team that they get right back up in an hour's notice and they get back at it? Yeah, and if you guys remember, I told y'all, I said, if we win game one on Thursday night, we'll win the series because there's, I don't think there was any way we could have swept them at home after, after already playing a game. I didn't think it was any way possible. So for them to regroup and flush, we, we talk to our guys all the time that I coach and have been around, you got to flush it, flush it. It's on to the next one. You got to have that short memory. It's like that quarterback who just threw an interception on to the next one. And you saw Caden Wallace hit a home run in game, game three, which was the second game of the doubleheader. Uh, he had two hits that game. They just did what they needed to do. Casey Opens was really good. He had a couple of hits. We scratched and clawed. We even had a safety squeeze. I think South Carolina was so shocked that that happened <laughs> that they forgot to throw the runner out at first base. So it, it just shows you that this team is going to, always claw, scratch to get back in games. And they can win games hitting the long ball no matter what. Robert Moore, phenomenal game one. Uh, he's not an Oklahoma South Carolina fans. He's the best second baseman in all of college baseball. So that just shows you that this team can win and score runs anyway. And, Kevin, we'll go back to Kevin Copps. Uh, we just mentioned him. We mentioned him all season. He's just been incredible. Oh, dominant. man. I don't know that you're going to find a better reliever, a better a better setup man, closer, whatever you want to. I mean, he's just such a utility guy with, with all that he does there in the late games and the late innings. Just unbelievable. Once again, five innings, twelve K, and fifteen batters face. Like it just seems like no matter what, every single week he's just going to come out there. He's going to throw strike after strike after strike. I asked you a couple of weeks ago if we had another possible Matt Cronin on our hands. He's been better than Cronin. Yeah, you got 37 innings pitched. He's 6-0 and with five save, 66 strikeouts, and only 11 walks. Six to one strikeout to walk ratio. That is next level stuff right there. And he, he doesn't have an overpowering fastball. That's what I believe it was Aaron Fit or yeah, Aaron Fit from D1Baseball.com mentioned the other day. Usually when you talk about a reliever, it's a closer that's throwing 98 to 100, kind of like Jackson Wiggins was. But Cops is a specialist. 
He's a specialist. You're not going to have him start a game because by about the time they get through the third time in the lineup, they're going to kind of figure it out and stop swinging at stuff. And then, you know, he, he would have to figure out another way to get you out. But there was an overlay. Uh, Rob Friedman, who's the pitching ninja, does overlays of fastball and off-speed pitches. It comes out of the same slot, and it's hard to pick up the spin. It just falls off the table. A lot of announcers that haven't watched Arkansas or studied Arkansas call it a slider. It's not a slider. It's a cutter. And think of that was Mariano Rivera's pitch. It was a cutter. Now, it was at 94 miles per hour. Cops has a different break, and he says, and if you heard him in interviews, he can throw it three or four different ways. So if he wants it to have a lot of late bite at the end and be down in the zone, he can do that. If he wants it at the knees, he can do that. If he wants it at the knees and finish at the ankles, you won't find anybody else that has that precise of control over their off-speed pitch. It's just it's something to behold and something to watch that you're not going to see come along very often. Kevin, what really impressed me about watching the pitching was when you have a team like South Carolina staring down the pitcher all the way to the dugout, like what did I did just see? And yeah. hitter Clark just sit there and got froze. They knew it was coming, and those announcer was like, "Just sit on it, just wait on it. You know what's coming." Yeah, and those guys <laughs> and that, sit in that box and try to do it, you know. But I mean, you were locking them up, and like I said, those batters—they were just looking in disbelief, like you got me. And if, I swear, if they could have tipped their hat, they would have. Yeah, Wes Clark, who came into the the series tied for the nation leading home runs at fifteen. It really kind of cooled off. He had, and I talked with Colin Taylor about this, the guy that we had on Friday that writes for Gamecock Central, part of the Rivals Network, said, yeah, Wes is good, and he had a really good start. But to watch that, what happened with him taking those three pitches, he didn't see it. And it was so funny because the announcer was like, he should have been sitting on that pitch and drove it over the right center field wall. Yeah, good luck, buddy. Do that. If you can pick up the spin and know where it's going, he had so many it's not a sword moments in that inning the other night. You're right, Porter. They they could have tipped tipped their hat and just gone back because I talked to Caden Wallace after the game and he said the guy you could see the guy the pit batters talking about, they said they can't see it. It's like it's disappearing. <laughs> I mean, you've heard of pitches before. Yeah. You yeah, abracadabra. You've heard of pitches before that throw 95 plus the ball seems to disappear right before it gets to the plate. And that's what they were talking about with cops. They said, there's a point to where you think it's going to be. And then next thing you know, it's 18 inches away from where you thought it was going to be. It's like, it's, it's exactly like a magic trick. You know, I'd be curious to know when was the last time that we lost a, so you win game one, and then you lose game two, and then sometimes we just had those games where I think DVH is like, okay, we're just going to go ahead and take this on the chin, and then we'll come out in, in game three, and then we'll win the series. When was the last time that we won a game one, lost a game two, and then lost a game three? I, I don't know that I can actually – it's probably from the 2009 – it actually was probably from the 2020 season, maybe in that early year, but it's it's been quite a while is what I'm getting at. Like, it just seems yeah, like – Yeah, you, they... you can't think back to a point because, you uh, like you said, Kyle – I think back to the super regionals and everything of Ole Miss and South Carolina would win game one, game two wouldn't go as what we thought it would be. And they would, I, I say coach Van Horn conceded game two, 
but he knew he had to stack the rest of his bullpen for game three to make sure we had a shot. That's why Vermillion didn't come out as quick fans. Uh, he stayed in there for a little longer than what he should have to make sure we were good game three. But we just had that confidence about us like they're not going to take it. I'd, I'd like to know that record. I'll probably do some research. And by Friday's show, I'll let y'all know what the exact record is with that. Well, and another thing that I was in 2015, the Super Regional with Missouri State, Matt Hall was throwing that. I think oh, yeah. He allowed a one-hitter with that filthy curve. That was one of the nastiest curveballs I've ever seen in my life. It's good. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was unreal. And then we come out in game three, and then we ended up going to uh, Omaha in a year. And that's – I say it all the time. That I think my favorite – sports season of all time as long as i've been alive in terms of the razorbacks was maybe that 2015 baseball season just incredible where they were to what they where they finished so and then of course we will touch more on the lsu game lsu series on friday show that is a massive one Uh, that is an understatement to say the least lsu as kevin said really hot coming off that win they're getting a lot of praise on sec network i was watching this afternoon after the softball game and they're they're talking all about lsu where they've where they've come from, and, and they're getting some of those injured players back and, and are kind of starting to play a little bit better. So Arkansas has another tough matchup, but they've just continued to to uh, overcome them all year. And so we're up against a break. When we return, we will visit with Razorback hockey coach Keller Sims. Stay with us. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of the Believe and Hit That Line Podcast Network. With American National, you get a dedicated agent who will help you make well-informed decisions about protecting your lifestyle. Call us today for a free review of your commercial, home, and auto policies, or to learn more about our customizable farm and ranch insurance. Let the Atkins Agency be your agency of choice. You can visit us on the web at theatkinsagency.com, call us at 501-428-0877, or connect with us through Facebook. Go Hogs! Located in Fayetteville, Rapology is your top spot for banners, signs, and wraps. From commercial fleet wraps, color changes, vinyl decals, and much more, they take care of you in a timely and professional manner. Call Rapology today at 479-368-6490. Again, that's 479-368-6490. The Hawk Talk Podcast is brought to you by Heinemann Services. Heinemann Services is a family-owned and operated business whose work ethic and customer service will restore your confidence in handyman. They offer interior and exterior projects for your home or business, including repairs, installations, small remodels, landscaping, decks, fencing, and much more. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. Welcome back to 187 of the Hog Talk Podcast. Kyle Sutherland here with you, and we now go to the Workman's Travel Center hotline where we are joined by Arkansas hockey coach Keller Sims. Keller, first off, I want to congratulate you on a great season that you guys just concluded. It's good to have you back. I know we had talked with you uh, last October and look forward to recapping some of the successes that you guys had this year. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me on, and, and I appreciate it. It means a lot. And so, um, again, you know, like uh, you guys had an incredible year. You've got a great program dating back to to about the 2008-2009 season when y'all got started. I know that you were a player at one point before becoming the coach. And this was the the sixth time, I think, that you have guys, and you might have to correct me on that, that you guys had reached the ACHA National Tournament or at least maybe the sixth time in the last six years, something around there. 
and you guys were the number three seed. You fell in the national championship game, got all the way to there, and then the last time we had talked, you gave us some insight into your program, and the main concern then was what was COVID going to do? Now, things were looking a little bit better. It was around the middle of football season. We were having cancellations, but you guys were able to get the full season in. In that regard, outside of maybe smaller crowds and certain restrictions, how different was it for you personally compared to other seasons? Yeah, it was definitely the biggest uh, barrier we faced all season long. Uh, you know, we had a, a late start compared to what we normally do um, at shortened seasons. Instead of starting in August, we started in January. Uh, you know, it was just kind of the uncertainty of everything was the biggest one. Obviously, you know, having to get tested and then after travel weeks, we uh, quarantined and didn't practice until our results came in. And so that affected us on the ice. But really, it, you, the whole season, even with you know numbers getting better and everything looking up as the season progressed here locally, you just didn't know. I mean, we had our games against Iowa State canceled uh, kind of last minute and kind of added things onto the schedule here and there. And it was really uncertain, you know, like, could this end tomorrow? We work in all this time and putting all this effort in and then that's it. And so that was the biggest thing for for us and you know our players and it was it was tough at times and you mentioned the Iowa State games being canceled I remember if I do remember correctly I think you guys were able to reschedule one of those to Dallas Baptist again and we're able to at least get that figured out and you guys obviously handled the situations thrown at them very well but what is something what was something that you and your staff would if you even had to really help them overcome some of the trials of this year it's very natural for kids to not necessarily shut down but you know when you get a cancellation like that or or something drastic happens to when you're prepared to play and it doesn't happen then it's tend to, you can tend to get down quite a bit but was that just something that really came natural to them just adapting to the times or did you guys have to really kind of step in and try to help them in that regard? No, I think the guys did a really good job this season, uh, just taking it at, in stride. You know, we talked at the beginning of the year and we were like, Hey, this is going to be a different year. This is going to be things we have never faced before. And, uh, the guys really just took it with a grain of salt. They said, we're just happy to be playing. You know, we just want an opportunity to go out there and, and, you know, do our best and compete for a national championship. And, you know, with that one in, uh, you know, specifically, it was like, Hey, look, these aren't happening. We have an opportunity to grab Dallas Baptist on their way back from playing Missouri state. That's our goal, you know, but it's all up in the air. And then they find out two, three, you know, games are canceled. Then they find out two days before that, three days before that, Hey, you're playing on Sunday, uh, against Dallas Baptist, which, you know, we played five times this year due to, due to, circumstances and so I think they handled it well it was a hard game to get up for and prepare for but you know they came out and and did their best and it was really remarkable to see this season and when you guys have to reschedule a game like that is it pretty much typical just like it would be for football basketball baseball you get on the phone you try to figure out a place or is it really maybe just up to you and the other head coach how does all that work yeah, so basically once I found out about the cancellation, I just got on and was looking at uh, everyone around us' schedule. So I was like, okay, is Missouri State playing? They're the closest. Oh, Dallas Baptist is there. Okay, uh, let me reach out to, to Jim, their head coach, and see if they'd be interested in playing us on the way back. And it just, you know, it, 
you kind of go through the motions there and try and find something organic. And they were, they were interested in playing us. So then you have to reach out and, you know, contact officials like, Hey, this, these games were canceled, but would you be interested in picking this up on Sunday and, and all of those things. Um, so it's definitely nothing we've been a part of before. I, or I've never seen before because you've had so many games scheduled in a normal season. Whereas if it's canceled and everyone's all over the place, they're not really looking for extra games. It's not something we had before, but this year it was like, Oh, an extra opportunity for a game. Yeah, we're, we're in. And so really it was a big, big thing for everyone trying to find games. So it was a little bit easier. And one thing I wanted to ask you the last time we had spoke that I had forgotten about, I, I was going to see if you happen to know of the amount of guys that maybe have played over, uh, overseas, like in Russia or somewhere, maybe in Europe or in Canada, if we've had any guys go to the pros, because I would figure that at least there would be a couple of guys from this team that would get a chance to, again, play overseas or Canada or wherever it is. Just because of the way that you guys were put on the map, there's probably got to be a couple of guys on that roster that will get a chance to play at the next level. Yeah, it's really just up to, you know, what the guys want to do when they're done. A lot of guys uh, put in a lot of time at the rink and are, are ready to just kind of go play in a beer league and get their job and their career started and and go from there. But we have had guys who've made the jump, um, some guys in previous seasons that have tried to play professional hockey. Uh, one of them is Easton Oliver, played uh, some professional hockey, minor professional hockey here in the United States. I'm not aware of anyone who pursued anything over in Europe. Um, but I, we have guys that can play at that caliber if it's their interest and, and they get some attention or if it's something they want to pursue, I definitely think they could do it. So mentioning guys going to the next level, and I want to go back to the recruiting that we had talked about. I know that you had mentioned – I had asked kind of, a, of questions about how if it was much different than just the typical college recruiting with the way that you guys are set up. And so I was my next question was going to be to you was, have you already been on the road? I mean, pretty much since your season has ended, you know, you guys are moving on to the next year. Have you already began the recruiting process and then trying to uh, build your roster for next year? Yeah, that – that's pretty much a 24 7, 365 process. Uh, we have some commitments lined up already. Um, guys who are interested that we're talking to, uh, you know, that, that process never really ends. I think myself and, and the other members of the staff kind of took a couple day break here at the end of the nationals process just to kind of process. And then, you know, we're jumping right back into it got uh, a call scheduled with the recruit later tonight and so yeah it's it never stops and luckily we're we're uh, we have a lot of young guys on this team that have contributed but you know we have some big losses this year as well our our goalie put in a lot of time for the program Desenka is a senior uh, our captain Grant Deacon Zach Riley Chris Salmon who led our team at points at nationals are all departing and so that's definitely something that's huge for us is trying to find guys to come in, buy into our culture, and and contribute to Arkansas hockey. Now, does that rule apply to you guys? I know that earlier this week or last week sometime they approved the able to come back. Now, I know that – well, actually, it was approved that they could uh, – that transfers could come in and be immediately eligible, but it's already been announced that any college athlete can come back for an extra year due to the COVID stuff that went on. Is that the case with your guys as well if they wanted to come back for another year? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, players who transfer would, would be eligible immediately. 
Um, if we have guys that want to come back for a fifth year, they would be eligible immediately. Uh, so yeah, those same rules, they're different rules because we're in the ACHA versus the NCAA, but um, similar rules are in place. Yes. Okay. That's what, yeah, I figured that it was probably when it really came down to the nitty gritty, it was probably the ultimately that they could do the exact same things. I just wasn't sure if that was uh, the typical stuff that, that we had heard uh, from the NCAA, if that was the case with you guys too. And so, but Keller wanted to talk about earlier this week, coach must tweeted out a picture of him in a Razorback hockey Jersey, congratulating you guys on the season. And, and this year for Razorback athletics, we talked about every single week on the show, just how incredible the social media presence has been, how successful that all these programs have been. One of the most successful in school history as a whole. Players, fans, and obviously coaches have bought into all this. Talk about the support that you guys have received, whether it be on social media, on campus, just in general across the board. Yeah, that guy's great, isn't he? Yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> I'm glad he's gonna I'm glad he's gonna be here for for a long time, it looks like. Uh, no, like that's huge. Um, for us, you know, as a club sport, to get that kind of support from someone like Coach Muss, um, to have our jersey and, and you know, be paying attention to what we're doing is huge. Uh, I know we kind of sat down and looked at the numbers across our own social media this year or the after nationals and our engagements were up like 400% on Twitter and Facebook. And, you know, I'm sitting there preparing for our nationals game and I'm just looking at all of these mentions and everything's blowing up and it, it means a lot, you know, the Razorback family extends further from just our locker room or the basketball locker room or the football locker room, softball, soccer, all these sports that are doing incredible. It's, it's a family, right? The Razorbacks are crazy about Razorback athletics and it doesn't matter whether you're playing with a stick or a ball or, or whatever. Um, there's just tons of support across the board. And it really means a lot uh, to us to get a little bit of rec- recognition for what we're accomplishing. But it's just kind of incredible if you, t- if you take a step back and you look at Razorback Athletics right now. If you think about how many teams are ranked, um, how many teams are just finding all kinds of national recognition, regional recognition that you just haven't seen in years past. It's just really incredible where everything's at for us and, and as a school and as a region. And, uh, you know, we're proud to be a, a small part of that. And you and I are around the same age. It wasn't that long that you played for the Razorbacks. And at that time, when, when you and I were in college, Twitter was really beginning to blow up. You'd had Facebook. <laughs> Instagram was there, but it really didn't have the kind of presence it does now. But but Twitter, especially, I feel like in maybe the last two or three years, is just on a whole nother level than we dreamed it would ever be, maybe even a little bit longer than that. But what what is the difference now, like just with the hockey program compared to when you were there? Now again, we we've known that this was a great club team for many years, but the the presence now compared to when you played, I mean, I just I can't even imagine just the differences uh, just in that short time and you know less than ten years. No, it's huge because it gives us you know a good voice and an opportunity to put ourselves out there and you know let people know that there is a hockey team in Northwest Arkansas and they, they do, you know, pretty well consistently. And, you know, now they're representing our, our school and our brand on a national level. And that's not there if you don't have Twitter and, or Facebook or Instagram or any of those things. And you're just kind of hoping people will find out by word of mouth or just happen to stumble across something on Google. So it's really given, you know, us a voice and, 
some recognition that we definitely wouldn't have without it. And, you know, our, our GAs do a really good job of, of putting posts out and, you know, getting the word out about us. And I, I think it's a huge part of continuing to grow our program and, and getting people to know about our program and to come to our games and to support us and, and know what these players go through. And I don't think we could do it without it for sure. Uh, th- this one uh, might put you on the spot a little bit. I'm certainly not intending to do that, but during this run that you guys had over the last month, there was some the, some rumbling. Speaking of Twitter, that we're trying to get uh, Hunter Urechek to get a skating rink built on campus. Now, we love the Jones Center. It's a great place, great facility where you guys play in Springdale. I know that you enjoy the times that you have there, especially with all the wins that you've had there. But do you think that uh, at one point maybe? In the in the future, that we could have a rink on on uh, campus in Fayetteville, I would love that. Uh, that would be amazing, and I think it would be really good, not just for the university or for our team, but good for the university to have an opportunity to run classes out of there. You know, have uh, public sessions for the students. Uh, it just would. I think it'd be really beneficial for not just the university, but the area of Fayetteville as well, and. I love the Jones Center. It's a great facility and that's our home. And, you know, it's been great to us, but long term, you know, whatever, five, 10, 20 years, I, that's always what we've been to push for is to, is to put a rink, if not on campus, close to it in Fayetteville. And it would be really big for not just us, but I think the area in general, whether that's growing ice hockey with the youth or figure skating or just giving people a place to kind of go have a good time and get out there and skate we've been talking with razorback head hockey coach keller sims and keller before we get off here i definitely want to talk about uh, where we can find you guys i know you're very like you said have a very strong presence across social media so talk about where we can find your games and also uh plug the the handles on social media yeah so you can find our website if you just google um arkansas hockey we're the first one that pops up we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Razorback Hockey Club. Uh, and then we broadcast all of our games on Razorback Hockey on YouTube. So you just search that and all of our home games are on there. Uh, away games are usually, we will post those links from the home broadcast on our social media and website. So you can have that to watch the games. Perfect. Oh, that's, uh, that's great stuff. Yeah, I watched uh, a couple of, man, I was uh, blessed to have basically... I don't know how my electricity or all my outlets were able to keep up with it, but from computers <laughs> to multiple TVs to my iPad, I was able to catch hockey, basketball, softball, baseball. So, yeah, like we said, uh, a great year for sports all the way around and, and definitely a good time of year to make sure that you uh, are able to have split TVs to catch them all. And so, well, uh, well Keller's great talking with you, great catching up with you. Again, congratulations on all the success. I mean, the what, the heights that you guys have come to this year, just another Razorback program. They're doing some big things. And and uh, big congrats to you, and, and definitely look forward to, uh, to watching you next season. Hey, I just want to say thank you for having us on. You know, it means a lot to be able to kind of talk about our program. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who supported us. You know, people are coming out of the woodworks and Razorback Nation to support hockey in Arkansas, and it means a lot to us. Our boys appreciate it. I'm proud of what they've done, and it was a good year, and I'm looking forward to talking to you again soon. Yes, sir, definitely. Well, that'll do it for Episode 187, guys. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Kyle Sutherland. We'll catch you next time. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.